Hi, everyone. I'm Amelia Quint, and I'm here with Jessa Crispin for the latest episode of the Bad Astrologers podcast, where we take a deep dive into the cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological world of the heavens. As always, this show is made possible by our lovely patrons. If you like our take on the stars, consider supporting our work at patreon.com slash badastro. Our supporters get monthly forecasts, bonus episodes, and access to a monthly Q&A video where you can ask us a question about your personal natal chart. Our 2020 year ahead bonus episode is coming up this month, so make sure to join now if you want our advice on what the next year has in store. Spoiler alert, it's going to be good. Another amazing and very easy way to support us is by leaving a positive review on iTunes. We appreciate each and every one of them we receive, and the more we get, the more magical people like you will hear about the show. It really does make a difference. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Astrologers. You can tell us what you thought about the episode, ask us questions, and share your signs. We absolutely love hearing from you. Now, time for the show. Jupiter is a complicated figure in astrology, to say the least. Modern astrologers can't say enough good things about him, but if his mythology is any indication, there's a lot more baggage that comes along with this planet than we'd like to admit. Ahead, Jessa and I talk about how Jupiter really works, and let me tell you, it's a good one. So grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's get started. All right, everyone, it's Amelia and Jessa here with another Bad Astrologers, and we're excited because we've been promising to talk about this uh, particular thing maybe since the very first episode we ever did. I'm not sure. I think that's true. I think it was the first episode. So today we're going to talk about Jupiter. Yes, and you are... You have Jupiter as your chart ruler, correct? Yes, Um, And I have Jupiter conjunct my sun. So we have some thoughts. (laughs) I feel like we're very qualified to talk about Jupiter because of our very close experiences with this planet. Yes. So to kick us off, maybe for our listeners who might be newer to astrology, I know there are some of you out there, um... Just as a basic intro, um, grab your natal chart. Um, you can do that. My favorite's astro.com. Jessa, I don't know if you have a favorite way of getting your natal chart. Yes, that one that one is the most accurate and has the most asteroid selection. Yeah, it uh, gives you lots, lots of chart options. Um, you can pull your chart there. And um, you can find where Jupiter is placed um, at the time of your birth. Um, If you're super, super new, your natal chart will tell you where all the planets are at the time you were born, and each planet has a different meaning. That's pretty obvious if you think about the mythology, like uh, the moon being uh, self-nourishment, self-care, Mars being motivation and aggression. Um, But Jupiter is particularly interesting because I feel like the... Um, cult of wellness and uh, self-empowerment has made Jupiter into this very strange thing. What do you think, Jessa? Yes, uh, I, when I read about Jupiter these days, um, I, don't, I don't understand who the fuck they're talking about. Um, it's like when you read a press release for your friend and they're like, she's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, she puked in her hair two weeks ago, you know. So <laughs> we're going to bring it back down to reality a little bit. Yes, I, I think it's time. Jupiter has <laughs> certainly done some pretty embarrassing things. Um, so so the um, popular interpretation that is especially hammered home these days is good fortune, auspicious success, health and wealth. Um, that's sort of the popular interpretation. And that is not untrue, necessarily. 
Um, in general, when you see a, a Jupiter transit coming up in your chart, I am always really excited when I have a, a client with a Jupiter transit. I'm like, finally, I get to give somebody good news. Um, but it is not as simple as just everything is going to go your way as long as this is going on. There's a little more nuance in that. Right. And there is the aspect of you know, he's he's spoken about as the god of luck, but uh, getting hit by a car is another form of luck, right? So mm-hmm. just because just because we're talking about luck doesn't mean that all of it is good. Um, and I think there that the emphasis on in contemporary astrology of Jupiter is going to bring you good luck and blessings and money and opportunities and so on um, can lead to some disappointment. Like where the fuck is my lottery lottery fund? Where is my um, handsome lover? Where's my, you know? <laughs> right. Why are trucks not pulling up outside my home to deliver uh, boatloads of cash? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I've, do feel like the way that we talk about Jupiter at the moment isn't just not right. Um, I I do think that it's um, it's one of those things that can lead to sort of disappointment and discouragement. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we talked about how he actually functions, maybe then people could utilize their Jupiter transits in a more sort of useful, uh, functional, beneficial way. Maybe we should talk next about how Jupiter actually works, how we've experienced yes. it, and uh, what it really means on a deeper level. Yes. How do you see Jupiter functioning in his energy? Honestly, I see him as being the god of appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, to me, that's primarily how he functions, which is to suddenly bestow hunger um, upon the person in the area of his life that he's transiting either by planet or house where suddenly you're just like feeling dissatisfied and you don't know why and you it's that sort of you know in the tarot that kind of eight of cups moment of okay all this is fine but it's not quite enough and I don't know what's missing Mm-hmm. And and it can lead you out into the world in this um, search for the thing. And I feel like, you know, it, it is different from Mars, which does tend to be more directed toward a single object, whereas Jupiter is just like this sort of uh, wide open um, feeling of what the fuck do I need? I need something. Right. I think it is motivational in a similar way to Mars, but different, though, Um, because I think that sense of dissatisfaction and the hunger pangs can motivate you to go out and find something that is actually going to sustain you um, in whatever part of the chart it's touching. Um, If you aren't getting what you need, you're going to know about it pretty quickly. (laughs) But I think he also operates by making us more optimistic um, mm-hmm. with a sense of buoyancy because after all, if we're if if we're feeling dissatisfied in a way of like nothing is ever going to work out, <laughs> you know, we don't go looking for the thing. <laughs> uh, we sit at home and we cry and we watch Mark Wahlberg movies or something. Oh my goodness! Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's very specific. I'm assuming. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. But. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a kind of better feeling transit than, say, the dissatisfaction of a Saturn transit. Sure. I think the optimism and buoyancy part of that um, also goes along with Jupiter. Um, in astrology, is sort of viewed as the priestly guru type figure. And I do think that Jupiter depending on how the transit is aspected or how it's aspected in your chart, it can help you to have that sense of faith that things are going to work out. Um, because again, the the luck side of things is, you know, in general, unless something else horrible is going on with when Jupiter's in play, things work out for your highest good. Now, highest good is a complicated concept. Your highest good might not be like... Um, 
everything from moving to that house that you wanted to buy or sleeping with that guy or girl that you thought was really attractive. Like it might be a delayed gratification type of thing. Um, but again, highest good. <laughs> Look, it's not, it's not easy being the highest version of yourself. No one, no one enjoys that to all of the time. It's not. It's really, really hard. Sometimes I think Jupiter transits, they come with a sense of urgency because Jupiter as an action in your life has to do with exaggeration and things accelerating really quickly and this sort of restless wonderlust or desire to, yeah, expand outward. Um, mm -hmm. So that can be a little bit uncomfortable too. It's a sense of like you're being stretched too thin or you just want to reach much further than you did before. And there, there can be a sense of like, not inadequacy, but you definitely feel the gap between where you are now and where you want to be when Jupiter's in play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I do think that maybe um, the hunger aspect of it is is just that standing in front of the refrigerator door feeling of, mm -hmm. I know I want something. It doesn't seem to be here. What steps am I willing to take in order to... <laughs> right. Are we doing Grubhub? Do I have to leave the house? Um, that sort of feeling. But without the... Uh, well, you know, never mind. I was going to say without the self-destructive impulse, but there's definitely some self-destructive <laughs> impulses with <laughs> Jupiter, which we'll, we'll talk about. Sure. I definitely think so. Um, first, should we talk about the parts of the chart that Jupiter rules over? just as a yes. way to get an idea of who he is. So Jupiter um, rules over Sagittarius in the ninth house. Um, the ninth house is really interesting and complicated, as is Sagittarius. So we're in Sagittarius season right now. I'm Sagittarius rising, so I'm personally invested in all of us having a deeper understanding of Sagittarius. Um, but, you know, I think Sagittarius is often portrayed as like the the rock star getting off the private jet who's wearing lots of jewels and bangles and you know indulging all of their appetites in that way um mm -hmm. but i think there is a, a deeper kind of expansion that can go on again with jupiter as a sort of priestly um faith-based thing um it it can be any sort of expansion whether it's outward into materialism or inside into your own um, mind learning new things and expanding what you believe to be true about the world. Um, it's a little psychedelic, I think. Um, and then, of course, the ninth house is anything that expands your ideas and yourself outwards. So that's where you get media, publishing. Um, I know I'm leaving out a bunch, like travel, language. Organized religion. Yeah. Yeah, anything that sort of like takes you out of yourself, um, which I think is like the struggle with Jupiter and with Sagittarius is that there's this desire to become bigger than you are, which mm. um, is great. It's great to it's it's great to learn a language and to go to another country and to get a PhD and all of these things, but the some of the downside of Jupiter and Sagittarius and ninth house stuff is this desire to run from the self ultimately to run away from the origin point to be always in pursuit of some sort of other marker of um, that you are a good person and that you're not who you used to be and that you can improve. I mean, a lot of industrialists from like Carnegie to um, Marshall Fields were, um, were Sagittarius. Um, mm. And I, and I do think that that's, that's a lot of it, like coming from um, instability and then this desire not only to improve oneself and to be constantly gaining wealth and importance and power, but then to start to define yourself by this and to be in some kind of denial about, you know, you're doing it because you don't want to feel like the poor kid anymore. Um, sure. So that's definitely a part of the Jupiter Sagittarius experience. Yes. <laughs> I completely agree. Can confirm that that is the, the Sagittarius experience. Um, 
Also, Jupiter historically ruled Pisces in the 12th house before the discovery of Neptune, um, which I think people often kind of forget about or don't think about as much in modern astrology, but I think it gives us a really different entry point into Jupiter than we usually see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, they're both... They're both the signs of religion and spirituality and, um, you know, they both sort of fit in the sense that they're both expressions of um, trying to manage or get into contact with the divine in some way. So they're both about transcending um, the material form, um, either through in the Pisces sense of going deeper within or in the Sagittarius experience of like, you know, the Catholic church or whatever of, uh, um, going upward. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Jupiter, (laughs) Jupiter, Jupiter's a weird, he's a weird little dude. A weird little dude. He is. He's a pretty weird little dude. Um, so as we start to get acquainted with Jupiter, um, and for the people that are listening that might be a little new, what can you learn from your own Jupiter placement in your natal chart? What does that say about, about your life and your relationship to this kind of energy? Yeah, so I think with the house placement makes a huge deal um, because with the house placement, it's about this is the place where you can find transcendence. Like this is mm-hmm. a place where you have the most potential for growth. Which house yours is in the seventh house. Is that correct? Yes. And so how do you experience Jupiter in the seventh? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I've, I've been very lucky in my, um, not only my marriage relationship, but in the partnerships that I've been able to be a part of, whether it's mentorships or um, business partnerships or uh, creative collaborations like this podcast. Um, I I learn a lot, not only about the world, but about myself being in partnership with others. Um, You know, other parts of my life are totally in, uh, have been in varying times in complete shambles and are real struggles, but um, that's really a bright light in an area that's always been a a blessing is the um, one-on-one partnerships that I've been able to have. Um, in my life. And, and, you know, from where I began, those partnerships have brought me to people, places, things, ideas I never would have imagined in, in the best possible way. Um, yeah. And what aspects, um, if any, does, is your Jupiter making? Um, so my Jupiter placement is a little weird the um aspects are really good so i've got a trine to venus which is out of sign but still good (laughs) i'll take it um and then a sextile to mars um which i maybe also enhances the sort of love romantic aspect of things or the the creativity aspect of it too um but i do feel very strongly the fact that my jupiter is in gemini which is traditionally not a great place maybe the worst place for jupiter to be um and also it's retrograde um jupiter's retrograde for a pretty big portion of the year anyways um i don't think that is as important of a factor as jupiter and gemini um, but I think it, there's definitely been a sense of, especially as somebody with Jupiter as a chart ruler, as being a, a late bloomer um, or having to just work harder <laughs> to get to baseline um, or this, a, a feeling, at least, of having to work harder to get certain achievements. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they're sort of offered up and right there, the universe um, puts them there with those good aspects. It's harder to deal with my own, um, especially Jupiter and Gemini, inner spinning of the wheels. Um, processing things can be a challenge, but yeah, I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, um, the experience of Jupiter makes, um, it, it changes so much based on whether it's mostly, 
and this is, I mean, obviously, this is a dumb thing to say because obviously this is true with every fucking planet, but right. whether it's making, <laughs> um, you know, happy little trines and sextiles or if it's making squares, but particularly, like, I feel like Jupiter squares um, can be hard to manage because it's just like this roaming appetite <laughs> that is mm. never kind of satisfied. Um, whereas if it's harmonious, you're just sort of like, it, it can be much more of like a happy accident kind of thing. Like, la, 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 Mr. Magoo um, falling into a giant bowl of pudding or something. I don't know what Mr. Magoo does, but um, <laughs> that seemed nice to me at the moment. So I use that. But um, but yeah, so I've, I do think that Jupiter squares can be particularly hard or even or also like an unaspected Jupiter because it's just sort of like this um, unresolved wandering hunger, um, you know, 2 a.m. Uh, on Ambien eating a stick of butter kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> people did that. People I know. Went on, they went on Ambien and they just ate butter. Out of, so, oh, my gosh. Know, it's a metaphor for Jupiter. <laughs> Ambien is wild, and uh, be careful if you're having a Jupiter transit. Just maybe put it away. I don't know. <laughs> also, on Neptune, all transits are bad with amp. Don't take Ambien, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, that's- I took it one time on a plane. I didn't fall asleep. I hallucinated that the stewardess was a giant mouse. Oh my god! Don't take Ambien. <laughs> <laughs> or else you might find you you might awaken and realize you've eaten all the butter in your fridge. You yeah. have a really prominently placed Jupiter. What um, do. is your Jupiter placement and what aspects is it making? Uh, so mine is conjunct my sun um, and conjunct Lilith and Eros and it's in Cancer. Jupiter loves being in Cancer, which I've never really understood. I don't really understand. I don't understand the logic behind the sort of detriment and exaltation and all that, you know, whatever. Like, I, I get it, but <laughs> Jupiter, why does Jupiter like being in Cancer? I don't, anyway, it's just like Jupiter, the, the traveler in the in the sign of the home is weird to me. Um, I but, think about it as um, the pirate ship captain. Right, like uh, making your home on the high seas, like, I don't know, like the Anthony Bourdain type that can make anywhere feel like home and you're just super generous and kind of a badass, that kind of thing. I like that. Um, Yeah, so mine's in the third house um, and it is making mostly uh, harmonious uh, aspects except for it has a hard square to Pluto. Um, and I mean, all my, that whole, I have a Pluto square, Sun, Jupiter, Eros, uh, Lilith, uh, which is, which is deeply fun. Let me tell you. (laughs) It just Um, adds extra sex appeal, right? It's just like ramping it up. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely the only, only thing it adds. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, yeah, no, I, I, I've love Jupiter intensely so I do feel like a very Jupiter kind of person in the third house how does that play out for you um yeah so it's a little bit like your Jupiter in Gemini right because it's um so the third house is the house of communication and output this can definitely make me too prolific I should shut up more than I do, unfortunately. <laughs> I disagree, um, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it's true. Um, but at the same time, I find that it's very good just for being able to synthesize information pretty quickly. Um, I've always been a very fast reader and a very fast learner. Hmm. I could, I knew how to read before. I could form long-term memories, so I don't remember learning how to read. Um, I always just could, so that's a little weird. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it is just kind of about being able to combine different sources of information pretty quickly. Whether I do it right 
is not always it, that's a little up for debate but you know anyway it's a balancing act <laughs> it's a balancing act yeah so I guess after this everyone should go and look up their Jupiters and tell us about them in yes the absolutely and on Instagram and everywhere um yes yeah. we love talking about astrology um should we talk about now how Jupiter transits go I feel like this is the most misunderstood part of Jupiter Yes, well, you just had you just had some big ones, so um, why don't why don't you go first? Yeah. Okay. So I just had um, Jupiter on my sun uh, in Scorpio for a, a year. Thereabouts, at least in the same sign as my sun, and then I just I had uh, Jupiter over my ascendant in Sagittarius, um, which has been lovely. Um, but this was really what got me started on, you know, I was sort of waiting for the big dramatic thing to happen. And while I had a couple of those um, sort of shining dramatic moments, it wasn't quite as much as I was expecting. Um, but I think that also has to do with my Jupiter placement. So my Jupiter uh, is part of a yod um, with my son and Neptune which I have, I have experienced that as being uh, differences between expectations and reality. Um, yeah. Having really like pie in the sky hopes and dreams. And ev- even if you accomplish them, feeling like the reality is like quite different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so Jupiter on the sun, um, you're way, in my experience at least, I, you're way more likely to have Um, those more glamorous, dramatic, shining moments. Um, Maybe you'll receive awards. Maybe you'll be able to do really cool um, collaboration in your work. Um, Maybe you get promoted. Um, I got to do all of those things, and it was pretty neat, Um, especially coming fresh off to Saturn transits where I felt like I was being ground into a pulp daily. (laughs) Yeah. I think the nature of that is just because when the two benefic uh, planets meet up like that, it's just going to feel more um, intensely joyous and good. Um, Jupiter on the Ascendant was different. You know, sometimes things on the angles can be quite dramatic, but I found it to be really subtle. Um, Or rather... um, with that Sagittarius energy so enhanced, like you were talking about the appetite, my appetite mm-hmm. for everything, especially knowledge and experience just went through the roof. Um, and it made me work really hard um, to put structures into place in my life so that I could have more of that knowledge and experience and um, things that I wanted to have. But it didn't happen immediately. Something to remember about Jupiter transits um, is that, so Jupiter takes about a year to transit each sign. Um, So it really is a 12-year cycle that starts with Jupiter being on the ascendant or in your first house. Um, So I think we put a lot of pressure as astrologers who are always being encouraged to write things that are very positive um, about transits on when Jupiter crosses your ascendant, there's going to be this big moment. Um, and, and while that's true, and you'll definitely have plenty of those big moments, I think that you might not see the total payoff of that thing that you started when Jupiter was in your first house or in your, uh, in your sign until many years later, right? Um, looking mm-hmm. back at my past Jupiter experiences, um, this is actually a great example. So uh, the Jupiter transit that I had uh, last time, 12 years ago, I started college, um, which was a crazy experience. I came from a pretty conservative background, and that just opened up my worldview completely. And I just fell in love with writing and learning, and that was sort of the beginning of my journey as a writer. Um And now, 12 years later, um, I've worked at that institution for the last seven years. Um, I was able to take a class with one of my uh, favorite professors from undergrad. I now run a sort of mini Hogwarts-type school within a school there. Um, And yeah, I mean, at the time, I I was just like, I'm in college, and that's pretty neat. Um, But 12 years later, looking back on the real magnitude of 
um, what's been able to happen since then is pretty cool. That's a long story, but I hope it illustrates what what Jupiter can do for you. (laughs) And so Jupiter is about to go into Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So um, planets in Capricorn and Cancer will be deeply affected. And then planets in Aries and in Libra will get squares, which are the eating butter... Uh, at night <laughs> in your sleep thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then all planets and Earth signs will be getting trines. And I do feel like Jupiter trines are particularly fun because it's not, it's a more subtle version of a, of a Jupiter transit. It's, it's not so much the um, uh, self-destructive. It's not so much the dissatisfied. It's, it's much more of a just sort of um, lucky. But when we talk about luck, we kind of, you know, um, have to remember that um you know it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean all of your your dreams coming true (laughs) right it might just be that you get to go through all the green lights on your way to work yes yeah (laughs) somebody might just give you ten dollars accidentally or something like it doesn't yeah right uh yeah it can be so <laughs> simple and that you're like, really, this this is it. Um, I think we taught you talked about that in a past episode where it was like somebody went out and hoarded pasta. I am not sure. We don't have to go back there. Yeah. yeah. Um, what have your Jupiter transits been like? I guess every time you have a Jupiter on the Sun transit, it's also a Jupiter return, which is a cool time too. Yeah. So we should talk about Jupiter returns. I mean, so. Saturn returns get all the attention because they're terrible. Um, <laughs> they really Jup- are. <laughs> Jupiter returns are, they're more fun. Um, so the way that I sort of understand Jupiter returns is that they are sort of um, bookends of periods of growth. That little things that you do when you're going through a Jupiter return. And again, this just means that Jupiter is in the same house um and sign that it was when you were born. Um, things that you do can lead to growth and expansion and transcendence um, in often very unexpected ways. But hmm. so the, and I said this on a bonus episode, I'm going to repeat myself, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was going through a Jupiter return when I started a literary magazine called Bookslip, which I didn't expect anything to happen to it. Uh, and then uh, it was a big deal accidentally. Very sorry to everybody about that. But um, <laughs> and no then, apologies necessary. But so then, you know, uh, that's the third house. And it was really when Jupiter got onto my ascendant when I felt this is no longer enough this is this is not satisfying me. I need a new challenge. I need something else. And then it really was just three years of feeling crazy. <laughs> um, or not crazy, but, you know, this sort of like seeking thing of uh, I need something more, a bigger challenge. And then Jupiter during the next return, um, a couple of years later was when I got a book deal for my first book. So the first sort of, you know, 12 year cycle or whatever, I was completely devoted to book slut. Uh, and then now it's much more um, about publishing, <laughs> much more about my own creative writing rather than facilitating other people's writing. Um but, you know, this is in the third house of communication. So you can kind of see it if it's in, like, the fifth house. Maybe you're super into ceramics and all of a sudden ceramics aren't doing it for you anymore. And you find some new form. Um, or you only work in black and white and then now all of a sudden you can't get purple out of your mind. Um, mm. And then in the ninth house, like, maybe you're catholic and then that's 
not really working anymore. And so then you kind of like start exploring Eastern influence or whatever. Um, but some sort of door opens where it just looked like a wall and it's very surprising and delightful, but sometimes it takes a while before it becomes clear to you what the thing actually was. Hmm. After you said that in the bonus episode about um, really starting book slut um, and then also getting a book deal um, under Jupiter Returns, as as it turns out, I started the Midheaven during a Jupiter return. I thought mm. that was going to be nothing. I was just like, yeah, I just I'm making a cool thing so I can talk to sure. other people who um, like this. And, and here we are. So pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think it's important that, that we um, don't <laughs> micromanage every astrological experience that we have. Um, you know, I mean, you know. We talked about this sort of privately before, but more and more people are doing like sort of astrological scheduling um, to make things even more beneficial, um, you know, planning to launch things on certain days and at certain times and hours and, and so on. Um, sometimes you need to just guess and not know and be wrong. Like sometimes you need to yeah. think, oh, this is a thing that's going to save me and it's totally not the thing that saves you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all a part of that process, right? And I think yeah. sometimes I think about um, the sort of pressure we put on ourselves when we t when we overly time things astrologically, like this is going to be the moment and the thing and the hour of Venus and Jupiter and that's going to propel me forward and it's all going to be this thing. Um, and that doesn't work out. I mean, or you're just putting too much pressure on yourself when it might not be the right, even the right project. I'm not sure. Yeah, because Jupiter works so much through things like dissatisfaction and hunger and mm -hmm. uh, expansion, um, it can be easy to mistake what it's actually supposed to be about. Um, and if you're just like, no, this is the only thing, then you're kind of missing out on the opportunities that are actually around you. Um you know, Jupiter, when we're, when we're talking about hunger, it's just that feeling of just like, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. It's not a decision that you're making of no one decides. <laughs> right. No one decides to eat the stick of butter. It's just, it's just what's happening now. So <laughs> I'm sorry that I keep coming back to that metaphor, but it's just stuck in my head. Jupiter is a stick of butter planet now. No, I, yeah. I think that's true um sometimes i think the best approach with the jupiter transit is because luck is going to be in your favor and things are generally going to work out for your highest good it's best to follow those appetites to the degree that you can safely and sanely um <laughs> just you know let life be your big buffet and like try lots of different stuff um you know jupiter is about expansion and experience so you know don't put too many eggs in one basket. Like, it's okay to try things and experience them. Yeah, looking back, especially on the Jupiter return, I was doing lots of different things. And it took a long time before I realized, oh, well, that's the one thing that's going to rise to the top. So, yeah, I guess the worst thing you could do during a Jupiter transit is limit yourself. Um, don't do that. Eat the butter. I have a... Well, <laughs> we can talk about that. Okay, I do I do have an important question. Yes. Does Jupiter make too much Jupiter make you an irredeemable asshole? We were <laughs> we were we were compiling lists of Jupiter people. It's all sluts and assholes, I have to say. Um and as a Jupiter person, uh I'm concerned <laughs> I, I I already know which directions I lead lean um I'm just I'm just I'm just concerned um there's a lot of bad Jupiter people out there in the world there are a lot of really bad Jupiter people okay here's my theory because I have I can think of at least two friends who are you know, sun Jupiter people, and they're just the most lovely, like everyone around them adores them. And for good reason, they're just charming and 
great to be around, just, you know, the sort of jovial type person you would imagine. Um, that's not me, though. That's, no. <laughs> that's Those are other people. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think the Sun conjunct Jupiter thing can be like, like the loudest examples are the ones that we end up seeing in the databases. And unfortunately, the loudest examples end up being people like, uh, I don't know, Kanye West. And it's hard because... I don't. I don't want this podcast to just turn into what's going on with Kanye West. But it's very hard not to just be like, "What the fuck is up with Kanye West?" in every episode. Um, but yeah, here he is again. Uh, Sun and Jupiter and Gemini in the eleventh and twelfth house and squaring his moon. But again, like that square, square Jupiter squares are really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's not completely irredeemable. I mean, William Blake has sun conjunct Jupiter and Sagittarius. Yeah, but he has nice ones. Um, That's he has true. O- only, he has primarily uh, nice aspects. And it's in the fifth house, which is a very good place for Jupiter. Um, yeah. Because it's just like a very spiritual, artistic practice, which obviously his uh, was <laughs> deeply mystical and spiritual. Um, so, and obviously there's free will involved. You can try harder not to be an irredeemable asshole. But I do feel like with a lot of these people, um, you know, it's like that saying that you shouldn't. You shouldn't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Um, yeah, these people are these people are always in the grocery store and they're always hungry. That's that's the Jupiter experience. <laughs> Pretty much, I think that's accurate. God help me, but I think I'm about to mention John Mulaney on this podcast. I don't like him. Oh my god, very much. Um, but I did so. Um, Without going too far into the story, I, I went to a Rolling Stones con- uh, concert, had an interesting uh, you know, Mick Jagger interaction, and I told the story, and someone was like, oh, I know you're telling the truth, because there's a John Mulaney clip um, where he talks about Mick Jagger. Anyways, Mick Jagger has Sun conjunct Jupiter as well, and I think he's mm-hmm. the ultimate um, in the Sun-Jupiter vibe. Uh, John Mulaney talks about how Mick Jagger is not a nice person. But, like, why would he be a nice person? He's had people worshipping him as a god for decades, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, he, what's the thing? He just says Diet Coke and one, like, appears in his hand. Um, and I think that's sort of larger than life. Uh, godlike quality definitely goes along with the Sun-Jupiter people. They can create this sort of... Not a cult. It's not a cult of personality, necessarily. But they just have so much charisma um mm-hmm. that i think in in their aura is just so freaking big that um to the people who don't like them it it feels like aggressively awful yeah yeah i will just say though that Mick Jagger has written multiple songs about wanting to murder or hurt women who don't want to have sex with him so um there's <laughs> also there's yeah. also that it's true yeah. it's true he has a lot um, of problematic lyrics out there a lot. Um, also, I mean, in the problematic list is uh, Woody Allen, obviously. Oof, uh, his is in Sagittarius, Sun and Jupiter conjunction. Um, squaring his Ascendant and Descendant. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a shitbag as well. Uh, we don't have to go into <laughs> Yeah, we don't even have to discuss why. it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot. Um, going down more more sluts and assholes. We have um, D. H. Lawrence. Yes. Uh, we have Alex Jones. <laughs> oh we gosh. Anais <laughs> Nin. Uh, Gogol. Uh, Marquis de Sade. Uh, Axel Rose. Um, I've been watching the uh, Amanda Palmer backlash with oh, great. Oh my goodness interest that's happening right now she has sun and jupiter in taurus and mercury went uh direct uh opposite that sun and jupiter conjunction and um some things happened that were that were interesting people are pretty upset (laughs) yeah 
Um, and there are good people, obviously, uh, Primo Levy, PJ Harvey, Victoria Woodhull. Um, and then... Oh, no, uh, James Dean is on the list, too. Yeah, James Dean, the porn star slash rapist, not the nice dead one. Um, and then Pushkin, uh, who uh, had son and Jupiter in Gemini, and uh, he died in a duel, which to me is just a very <laughs> son Jupiter in Gemini way to die. <laughs> I have Jupiter in Gemini. I hope I don't die in a duel. Maybe no, I, I think do. it needs That's a, a sun cool there. I think go. it needs a sun there. Okay, yeah, okay. Think, yeah. You got to get the ego of like, oh, he can't hit me from here. Oh, That's whoops. true. You know. My son is in the 12th house. My ego is not that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Um, um, okay. Yeah. So, so that's an assholes. That's. I feel like the people with Jupiter rising or on or close to their ascendant have it a little bit better. I think they get mm-hmm. more of the... Um, Super psychedelic uh, 1960s, 70s type vibe. Um, there's Jane Fonda, Grace Jones, Pete Townsend, um, Lord, interestingly enough, Willow Smith. I think those are both um, younger artists who are doing a really good job distinguishing themselves as just excellent songwriters and their style is really um, different and out there. Um, who else? Aldous Huxley. Um, I feel like is the ultimate in the uh, um, 12th house uh, Pisces type uh, sure. Jupiter yeah. energy, wanting to open the doors of perception and merge with the universe and see heaven and hell on drugs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Him, he and William Blake would have had a lot of things to talk about. Oh, my God. Um, I hope after so, I die, I get to talk to like both of them or something at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> So the the problematic aspect of uh, having a lot of Jupiter, I think, relates back to the mythology pretty pretty easily in the sense that Jupiter was a giant slut um, mm-hmm. and facts wa- try like did fuck everyone wanted to fuck everyone um, felt free to use deceit in order to fuck everyone felt free to use rape um, and. Yeah, so I think that aspect of constant hunger, and so then it's like, oh, there's a nymph, all right. Um, But also, I think part of that, you know, with the transcendence of Jupiter, there is something of like, you know, Woody Allen had all those characters of like the intellectual or the professor or whatever who couldn't stop being horny, Um, trying to transcend like the horniness. Um, but being sort of drawn back into the animal nature anyway is a very Jupiter experience. Like you're trying to be a good person. You're trying to be the higher self. You just happen to have a raging hard on for that nymph over there. Um, and that's fine. That's okay. Just as long as you don't, you know, turn into a swan and rape her. I think right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> as long as you find good ways to funnel that energy, um, I don't think it necessarily has to be destructive, but obviously with like all of these famous people, you know, they're given more leeway and opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to uh, self-indulge. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if Jupiter in his guise as like king of the heavens or Jupiter Victor, you know, I think there's a tendency with some uh, sun, the unhealthy sun Jupiter people to see others especially women as like the spoils that they just deserve or that belong Mm -hmm. to them um or that uh, just are theirs because the whole world is their domain it's kind of icky but yeah Yeah. it's much better to transcend through uh intellectual pursuits than to give in to that um you know this human is part of my spoils type deal Yeah, or, you know, or the spiritual aspect as well. But, you know, yeah. then, well, then you have a lot of priests. Anyway, we're not going to talk oh, about no. it. Oh, no. The um, Catholic Church has problems. Well, um, all the churches have problems. But, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just about, you know, I think having some sort of uh Capricorn or Saturn influence can be useful there. 
um, to sort of rein in Jupiter, even if it's not a direct aspect, just to have it with a strong presence within your chart to be like, uh, maybe you should uh, not do not not go rape the nymph, you know, right. So Jupiter and Capricorn, I think by the time this goes out, Jupiter will be in Capricorn. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. So I wonder how that's going to influence the landscape of the uh, Saturn, Pluto, South Node, everything in Capricorn situation. Do you think it's going to be sort of a a help or a hindrance? I think it'll be both. Um, I think it'll bring things to a head for sure. Yeah. You know, every, I don't know. I've read a lot of optimistic things about the Jupiter Neptune squares. Like, oh, it's going to be great. I was like, uh, uh, uh. Um, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> radical ideologies clashing with each other. I don't know, man. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be both. I think it will both. Um, I think it's interesting the way that uh, Jupiter is going to be heavily present during, say, the UK election. Mm-hmm. But I also think that uh, it can exacerbate uh, protests and um, riots that are happening all over all over the world at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. the uh, The eternal optimist in me wants to believe that this is going to be. Obviously, it's not a panacea, um, but I think it can be the thing that helps us find the kernel of good. Um, or the sort of fruits of our labor from all the hard work everyone has been putting in during the dadpocalypse um, reign. Mm-hmm. I think it will be. There's going to be on the uh, December 26th eclipse. Um, that'll be exactly conjunct Jupiter. So I'll be intrigued to see um, how that if plays out die. for everyone. If we all die. <laughs> Everyone always asks me that when they find out I'm an astrologer. Am I going to die? Yes. Factually, yeah. I mean, probably. (sighs) Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't covered about uh, Jupiter, the planet, and the guy that we should? I don't think so. I don't think so. Jupiter is really good, you guys. Um, Go find him in your chart and uh, just learn how to elevate that and... If you find yourself eating a stick of butter at midnight, like, I don't know what to tell you. Get off the Ambien. (laughs) (laughs) 